Welcome to Timothy Eden Memorial Church, a place for life. Connect, participate, celebrate. Let us pray. Holy God, we are so blessed to come before you this day and to kneel at the foot of your cross. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Now, you may be wondering why I didn't choose one of those narratives from John or Matthew that I, I just mentioned a few moments ago for a Good Friday reflection instead of the brief passage from Hebrews that Andrew read for us a few minutes ago. And it's because I didn't want to focus this time so much on what happened. I suspect that many of you are already familiar with the events of that day. And if you're not, then I do strongly encourage you to read through Matthew 27 or John 19, as I mentioned. But today it was important to me to focus on why it happened. And, and that's a very complicated subject, of course. It's something that we never really stop reflecting on and learning about as we grow in our Christian faith. In fact, any reflection on why Jesus was crucified is bound to be imperfect and incomplete. And so what I offer you here today is hopefully just a nudge uh, for you to spend more time studying and reflecting on the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion and why he endured the things he did 2,000 years ago and why it's still important for us today. There were only three verses in today's scripture passage. But in two of them, the writer of Hebrews emphasizes that Jesus suffered, that he endured the cross, and that he endured hostility. And we know what kind of hostility he endured. The cross, of course, was an execution device used in the Roman Empire that was unlike any other. There was not a shred of humaneness to it. It was pure violence and was designed to inflict the most suffering possible. Pain, humiliation, extreme exposure to the hot Middle Eastern sun, suffocation in the dry air. It was a slow and agonizing death. And those who ordered it were far away in their comfortable positions of privilege. And those whose job it was to carry out the orders lost their minds because you'd have to set aside any sense of humanity to inflict those kinds of things on another living being. 
So the writer of Hebrews tells us he endured the cross. And while the physical agony seems like it would be significant enough to stop there, the writer feels it's just as important to tell us that Jesus disregarded and endured the shame of the cross. That's because the cross was the form of execution reserved for the lowest of the low in the Roman Empire. It was reserved for common criminals, worse than animals. As they died, they would be ridiculed and derided by the executioners and by people who walked by. They were stripped naked, their misery on full display, every shred of human dignity stripped away. The shame of being executed in this way would extend to the whole family as well. And, and this concept of honor and shame is not strong in modern Western culture where we're more individualistic and place more emphasis on personal accomplishment and failure. But in other cultures around the world, and certainly in first century Jewish culture, family honor and shame carried a lot of weight. For that reason, the writer of Hebrews found it important to mention Jesus' willingness to even endure the shame and the knowledge that he was shaming his family. And once that point has been made, the writer then reinforces in verse 3 that this hostility and shame was inflicted at the hand of sinners, which is, which is just the height of injustice. What could be more unjust in the history of the world than the sinless Son of God being executed as a common criminal at the hands of mere mortals? And not just mortals, the writer of Hebrews it says that it's important to understand sinners. If ever there is a time in our lives when we truly appreciate the significance of the cross, it's when we're at our lowest, when we endure hostility, suffering, psychological pain such as shame and dishonor, and when we suffer injustice, because God himself came to the earth in the person of Jesus and endured those things as well. Then we know that God relates to our suffering. If ever there's a time in our lives, when, we, when the significance of the cross comes home, it's when we're at our lowest, when we are the inflictors of hostility, shame, and injustice on others, when we are the ones who nailed Jesus to the cross. In fact, our lives seem like a constant back and forth, a struggle between not wanting to suffer hostility and, and injustice, not even for the sake of our faith, and resisting, often in the name of our faith, our tendency to all too easy, easily become the perpetrators of hostility and injustice if we feel sufficiently provoked. 
In the 17th century, Thomas Hobbes referred to this natural state of humanity as being like a war, where every man is an enemy to every man, and the life of humankind is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. The writer of Hebrews compares this lifelong struggle to something a little less dire. That is, he compares it to a race, to running a race. In verse 1, we read, Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Now, the analogy of running a race is one that I'm particularly fond of, as you can imagine. Uh, as a runner, a race is not easy, and our lives as Christians are seldom easy either. A race is something that requires effort, requires intention, training, and preparation, and it requires perseverance. And living life as a follower of Jesus requires these things as well. Often, training for a race involves intentionally increasing our burden while running to make it more challenging. So some runners will will run while carrying a heavy pack or by pushing ourselves to run at speeds that are uncomfortable, that get our hearts pounding, or by running longer distances than the race we're actually planning to run so that we increase our endurance or we'll increase the burden by running up and down hills instead of just enjoying a flat course. The idea is that if we intentionally take on the extra challenges, then, we come, when, then when we come to race day, our bodies can withstand the burden so that we can persevere through the trial of the race and finish it well. As the writer of Hebrews says, When we then lay aside the burdens, we are better prepared to persevere. So the writer of Hebrews says to the church to lay aside their burdens and to fix their eyes on Jesus. And in that way, run with perseverance and endure the struggles and challenges of their lives as Christian. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is the most important aspect of this. And the the writer does not say to fix your eyes on Jesus how he lived, but to fix your eyes on Jesus, how he endured the cross. In our lives as Christians, as we navigate that struggle between enduring hostility and lashing out in hostility, we can grow weary and we can lose heart. But the writer of Hebrews says, consider him who endured such hostility so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. It's easier to navigate the struggles of life if we fix our eyes on Jesus. When I ran 
a half marathon race, which is 21 kilometers in Mont Mont-Tremblant in 2019, I, I faced plenty of struggles. The distance itself was a huge struggle. But in addition to that, it was in the Laurentians in Quebec. And so I knew that there were going to be some pretty steep hills to climb. About 18 kilometers into the race, I faced what I knew was going to be the last and one of the biggest long hills. Already after 18 kilometers, my legs were exhausted and sore, and I thought, oh, I just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then right in front of me was a woman who was running just slightly slower than me, and that that presents you with a, a predicament, right? Because then the question is, when you're when you're behind someone who or in uh, some, behind someone who's just slightly uh, slower, do I push myself to overtake her, which will exhaust me even more, and I, I felt like I didn't have the strength for it, or do I give up and just walk the hill? Well, I decided to do neither. And so I got behind her, not too close behind her, because as runners know, there's nothing worse than having someone right behind you and hearing their footsteps breathing down your neck. But I got a bit behind her, and I just matched my cadence to hers, matched my footsteps, and then I just followed her up the hill. And you know what? Having someone to follow up the hill made it easier to persevere and make it through to the top. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus has the same effect. We don't have to muster up the strength within ourselves to just push through the struggles of life, which often feel overwhelming. But neither should we give up. We can persevere in the face of trials when we fix our eyes on him and the cross that he endured and the cross that he also overcame. Gerard Sloyan, who is a, a Roman Catholic priest who died last year at the age of 100, put it this way. He said, the cruel and inhuman way that Jesus died has had a paradoxical twofold effect ever since. It has caused revulsion in some, making it, in Paul's words, a stumbling block or scandal. And it has been strangely consolatory for others. Both the wretched of the earth and the more comfortable in their time of extremity, war, famine, illness, separation, death, and dare I add, pandemic, have taken comfort from their faith that deity itself was acquainted with injustice, abandonment by friends, physical pain, and mental anguish. It is not likely that the Christian will soon desert a God who has experienced their pain. When we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, what is the result? Well, as Sloyan says, 
we can take comfort in knowing that he understands. We also gain the courage of knowing that we don't have to endure our challenges alone. But it's more than that. It's the hope of knowing that the cross did not end in death. When we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, we can't go long before we recall that in him, the cross and its hostility, injustice and death were overcome by the resurrection. The writer of Hebrews tells us that he endured the cross, the shame, the hostility, the injustice for the sake of the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him as he faced the cross? Well, did he know that he would be resurrected? Did he know that he would go on to be seated at the right hand of God? Well, there have been great debates over the centuries involving theologians much more qualified than me about whether or not Jesus knew that the resurrection would happen. There are biblical hints to support both sides of the argument. And theologians have argued pretty convincingly, in my view, for both sides of that argument. But what Jesus did know was that by his sacrifice, we would be made right with God. Just as with the Jewish sacrificial rituals, when an undeserving lamb or animal was sacrificed and the humans were absolved of their sins for a period of time, Jesus knew that his willing and undeserving sacrifice would put an end to this continual animal sacrifice as humanity would once and for all be reconciled to God. That was his joy. He did it for us, not for himself. That was the joy that was set before him, the knowledge that by his self-giving love, we would be made free. As the writer of Hebrews says in verse three of this passage, he endured such hostility so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. It was for our sake that he endured the cross. It was to give us hope for a future that would not be defeated nor defined by death. United Church theologian Douglas John Hall writes that this theology of the cross is first of all a statement about God. And what it says about God is not that God thinks humankind so wretched that it deserves death and hell, but that God thinks humankind and the whole creation so precious in its intention and its potentiality, that its actualization, its fulfillment, its redemption is worth dying for. When I kept 
my eyes on the runner ahead of me, I was able to get up and over that hill. And once I did that, I was able to complete the race. I knew the hard part was over and the finish line wasn't much farther. When we endure challenges in life and in our faith, we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We can follow him up the hill. Once we crest the hill of Good Friday, the joy of the resurrection is before our eyes. Now, I just want to add to this story that that there were other people as well who helped me finish my half marathon well. When I approached the finish line in the last uh, kilometer or so, I I could hear music, loud, boisterous music, and I could hear cheering. And there were, I could tell that there were hundreds of people. And suddenly there were more and more people lined up along the side of the road. Total strangers who were actually looking at me, cheering for me, encouraging me. It felt like a, a big party, with hundreds of people celebrating. As I approached the finish line, I could, I could see my husband, Chris, who was there with his camera ready to take my picture. And I could hear my friend, uh, Moira, who was there with me, calling out, Lori, you did it. You did it. Way to go. And then the announcer called my name over the loudspeaker. And for a minute, I felt like a celebrity. The encouragement of other people makes a big difference when you're running a race. The writer of Hebrews says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. I sure felt that there was a great cloud of witness cheering me on at the end of my 21 kilometers. In the church, We have a community of people who encourage us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as we run our race with perseverance. We have a great cloud of witnesses that extends throughout history, from Abraham to Augustine to Andrew Sterling. Okay, so maybe I'm stretching for the alliteration a little. (laughs) But the point is that believers throughout the world from the earliest days right up today, right up to here and now, form a part of the community of sinners for whom Christ died, a part of the community of believers who have been reconciled to God by the cross of Jesus. We may struggle in our lives of faith, We struggle to be faithful to God. We struggle with our own inner temptations, and sometimes we fall. But we surround each other, and we hold each other up, as together we keep our eyes fixed on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us run with perseverance the race that is before us, Let us not grow weary. Let us not lose heart.
Amen.